Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. Walter Storholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law and Wealth, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. Find us online at QureshiLaw.com. Carrie, it is great to be with you this week. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic. And I always love these episodes when we get the chance to not only talk to you, but bring on special guests. And we've got another good one today to help us talk about taxes. Everybody's favorite topic, but I know that uh, our special guest today is going to make it uh, more interesting than any other human on earth could possibly make it, right? Absolutely. Um, And we're so honored to have Jeff Wicker, CPA, um, as our guest for today's podcast. Jeff is the managing partner um, at the Jonesboro office of Thomas Spide and Noble. Um, So Jeff, why don't you go and just say hello to our listeners today um, and, and give them a little background information about yourself and the firm. Okay, great. It's great to be here today. I appreciate the opportunity, Carrie and, and Walter. And my name is Jeff Wicker. And as I mentioned, I'm the managing partner of Thomas Spade and Noble. Uh, we have five different offices. I'm in the Jonesboro office. We also have Blyville, Osceola, Pocahontas, and Carothersville, Missouri is our newest office. Uh, we've got quite a, an array of CPAs with us. I've been in the business. I've been with Thomas Spade and Noble since 1999. Uh, prior to that, I was in the in another firm here in Jonesboro for about seven years prior to that. So it's been my life and, uh, you know, only, only the tax accountants love tax, unfortunately. So that, that's where we stand. But it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you all today. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're looking forward to chatting with you today, Jeff. And uh, we always get the show started off with a quote of the month. And I may have a bonus quote for you today as well to sort of set the tone for the show. And so we've got a little tax-related uh, quotes to give you today to get things going. Uh, the first one came to us from Will Rogers, the great Will Rogers. The only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. I know that resonates uh, with you, Carrie, and probably you too, Jeff. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, and especially um, this year, as we're talking now, Congress is still, you know, possibly making some last minute changes to the tax code. Um, so that always keeps tax planners on their toes. Yes, trillions of dollars uh, being talked about and passed as we speak on today's episode as well. Uh, always interesting to see that. And then your bonus quote to uh, piggyback off of that one uh, from Bill Murray, who, you know, we don't often expect to get great tax and financial advice from Bill Murray, but yet here it is. The best way to teach your kids about taxes is by eating 30% of your ice cream, of their ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, you know, I, Jeff has uh, young children, um, as I do, and, and my son is nine. Um, but every time, you know, we'll say, you know, bring me a piece of candy or bring me a cookie or whatever. If we have to do that as parents, you know, well, there's a tax to that. And so we've tried early on to teach him about, you know, paying taxes. And he even for his allowance money, we make him save a dollar um, for, for, for emergency funds. And then there's also a tax fund. So he understands that he cannot spend everything that he earns. Absolutely. We, we refer to it as the dad tax in our household. Yes. Uh, we, we extract the dad tax uh, with candy from especially from Halloween. So. <laughs> and I'm sure the kids are thrilled about it, right? Uh, they love it. Love it. I, I want to talk about, you know, jump into our, our main topic today, um, which is end of year tax tips. It is December. We have a few short weeks left. 
Um, and this year, just like every other year around this time, you know, individual taxpayers and small business owners are asking, what, if anything, can we do to minimize the tax bill? You know, what are some really classic moves to make? And so we're really going to talk about some of these strategies on today's show, and hopefully it can help one of our listeners out there. And so the first thing, uh, you know, Jeff, I want to ask you about is this Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was recently signed into law last month. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, it, it is definitely an infrastructure bill where most of the money is going into infrastructure. Uh, there are a couple of tax-related items that are included in that bill. The first one is some of you, some of you as employers may be familiar with the Employer Retention Tax Credit, uh, ERC, ERTC has been referred to. Uh, it has been going on for a few, uh, a couple of years uh, as far as when it's eligible. That actually was cut as of September 30th and it was ended. So any wages past September 30th of 2021 are no longer eligible for that credit. Uh, it has gone by the wayside. Now, you can still go back and apply for wages paid prior to September 30th, but anything after that is, is no longer eligible. Okay. And, and so for those business owners um, that haven't heard about this retention credit, that they definitely need to be going back to see if they qualify. I believe there's some, some qualifications involved in, you know, having to have um, less revenue compared to 2019 or 2020. Is that correct? That, that is correct. And, and it, it goes back to 2019. It also uh, takes into consideration 2020 and then even 2021. However, different rules exist for different time periods. So uh, the best advice I can say there is definitely visit with your CPA or your tax advisor, or your attorney, whoever is handling those for you to, to definitely make sure that you take advantage of that credit. Right. And, and I hear that those have been a little bit challenging in, in how to um, apply for the, the rebate or to take that out of the, the quarterly estimates. Have you had any issues with getting those retention credits for your clients? I wouldn't say that we have had issues. I would say that the, the information is, is readily available between our clients and us, of course. The problem is once we, uh, if, if it's something from a prior period where we have to go back and amend a form 941 for the client, that is taking between six and 10 months for the IRS to process that amended return. And, and the availability of that credit to actually claim it on a current form 941 that, that an employer was filing, uh, that was, we really didn't have a whole lot of time to do that. So most of what we've had to do is with that amended return. And in that, it's just, unfortunately, the IRS is is bogged down right now and it's taking them forever. Got it. Got it. Um, what else? Is there anything else in the Infrastructure uh, Act that in, impacts taxpayers? Mm -hmm. there, there is. There's, uh, of course, cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of the uh, the new digital currencies that are out now. They, it's kind of been a wild west uh, as far as reporting. And, and some of our clients have had trouble getting that information to us as far as original cost. And, and when, they, when they trade those securities, uh, the IRS has kind of made a, a change here where they've uh, included cryptocurrency in the assets that normally get reported by the brokers. Some of you are familiar with your uh, investment uh, accounts where you get a 1099 form at the end of the year, uh, your cryptocurrencies have been added to that uh, list of reporting agents. So uh, you'll, you'll get, hopefully, as soon as possible, you'll start getting some better information. 
on on those sales. Right. And you do you think that the reporting requirement um, is just a the starting point in creating some new tax rules around cryptocurrency? Uh, it's always the the thought is is that there are some different reporting. Uh, there's there's definitely data mining uh, that that you know can be can be obtained from that information and and uh, it's I guess the future the future is a little unpredictable there. So we'll see. Okay. Great, great. So what about, you know, what are some common, you know, tax issues that we're seeing specifically for 2021 for individuals that individuals need to be paying attention to? One of the biggest questions I've got uh, over the past few months is why on earth is the IRS putting $250 into my bank account every month? <laughs> um, and and where, that, where that originates is uh, earlier on, President Biden in Congress they increased the child tax credit. Uh, in the past, that credit has been two th- up to a maximum of $2,000 per child under a certain age. Uh, that credit was actually increased for 2021 up to $3,000 per child. In the case of even younger children, infants, uh, it's actually a $3,600 per child credit. And so the IRS what they decided to do in, in, in another form of stimulus payments to the individuals, to the taxpayers, they decided to go ahead and pay out a portion of that credit on a monthly basis for a few months so that those parents, you know, who may be out of a job, may be struggling, could definitely get a little bit of help on a monthly basis. And right. so it's not an additional tax. It's not taxable income. It is just prepayment of a credit that you're going to get. And, and I think a lot of people were confused because they felt like that was, you know, free money or government money, yes. but it, it is an early payment of your already existing child tax credit that you would have received when you filed your taxes in April. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Um, and then what about um, IRA accounts and required minimum distributions? Yes, we, we have uh, last year, when I say last year, I mean, 2020. We had a gift uh, from the IRS where if you were over 70 and a half at the time and you were required to take your minimum distribution from your retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, et cetera, uh, that that requirement was lifted for the tax year 2020. So you did not have to take that required minimum distribution. And I had a lot of clients that took advantage of that, but you know, naturally it's it's a personal preference of where you wanted to take it or not. That unfortunately is, does not exist for 2021. So everyone who is required to take their minimum distribution, they must take it by December 31st of 2021, at just like normal, like every other year. Uh, there is one little change, though, that uh, now it's not 70 and a half, but once you become 72, that you have to start taking that minimum distribution. So that the IRS is kind of I guess, giving us an inflationary adjustment on our lifespan here as well by jumping that from 70 and a half to 72. Well, I appreciate that they got rid of the half. Yes. The half calculation is Absolutely. a little bit of a pain. So let's round that up to a Absolutely. whole number. Thank you, IRS. That was, that's been a head scratcher for the 30 years I've been in profession. I guess it's no logic to that, but. Okay. And then what about for taxpayers turning 72? This year in 2021, do they have to take it by end of year or do they have until April 15th of next year? It's actually by December 31st. And okay. It, I, there, there may be, we used to have that little six month uh, hiatus there 
that uh, I, I do believe, uh, and, and I would have to double check to make certain, but I do believe they've kind of done away with that extra time period. And they said, you know, you, you don't have that break anymore. Okay. Got it. Um, so, so what are a couple of things, um, you know, some, some tax savings tips that individuals need to be looking at here these last few weeks of the year? Right. For, so I want to start out with individuals. And so for individuals, naturally, some of the, the steps that we take for most of our clients is, is as often as we can is we, if they are right on the cusp of being able to take their itemized deductions. You know, the standard deduction was increased considerably a couple of years ago. So that makes more and more, or, or excuse me, less and less people eligible for the itemized deductions. So it, it becomes more of an issue of let's make all of those things like charitable donations or home mortgage interest payments. Let's do all that we can to put those into one year. And so that at least we have an every other year being able to take our itemized deductions and, and getting a better, better bang for our buck, in, in other words there. So any year-end giving that anyone plans to do, if, if you're in a position to where you can accelerate some of your next year's giving into 2021, and, and you may see a, a little bit higher uh, amount of, of itemized deductions there, that would be something I would definitely recommend. Any appreciated assets that you have, uh, stocks, mutual funds, anything that, uh, or even land uh, can, and, and real estate can be included in this. If you have appreciated property that you have an intent to give to a charitable organization, then that is something that you can do, take advantage of the full fair market value as a charitable donation, but then not have to sell it and pay gain on your, your or pay tax based on your capital gain. So, you know, that, that fits in certain circumstances, but it's a definitely a, a good tool. Um, Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Uh, there, there's also in, in the area of donations, there is something that the IRS put in a few years ago. It's called a charitable or excuse me, a qualified charitable donation. What happened or distribution? What happens is we have a lot of people that are in their 70 plus, 70 and a half, now 72, where they're taking their minimum distributions. A lot of them are, are planned well and they don't have, to, uh, don't have to live on that money. So what they do is they're, they're very, very giving, very charitable in their, in their lifestyle. And so there's a method that the IRS has, has determined where they can take their minimum distribution up to $100,000 in a calendar year, any amount up to that point they can have that, they can direct that distribution to be paid directly to the charity or the church or the school of their choice. And what happens is in that case, they don't, it it satisfies their required minimum distribution requirements, but instead of that donation being a charitable donation that they may not get benefit for because of the higher standard deduction, that actually becomes a deduction effectively off of taxable income or off of adjusted gross income itself, where basically a frontline deduction. And so that that can be a huge benefit, uh, again, in those specific situations where someone can satisfy their required minimum distribution requirement, but then have their you know, full, full giving based on that, that same uh, distribution and have it go directly to the charity. 
Right. That That's really powerful when you can have that deduction, even if you were just taking the standard deduction, if you didn't have enough to itemize. Um, and I believe that for the QCD, you only have to be age 70 and a half to make that QCD. So even if you had somebody that wasn't 72 and, and, and having to make that required minimum distribution, if they had that charitable intent, they could still make that donation. And of course, then they're not paying tax on any required minimum distribution. Exactly. It's, it's a huge tool that uh, it's, it's opened a lot of my clients' eyes when we've gone through the, the numbers uh, mm-hmm. to, to help them out. Some of the other, you may have heard it, is basically the SALT limitation. Uh, it's basically the state and local income tax limitation as far as itemized deductions. Some of the items of the Build Back Better Act that's, that's going through right now, it's, it's not passed, it's not approved. But some of the, the items going through there have increased this limitation or suggested it increases. But right now, what we, are, what we have is a $10,000 state and local income tax limitation. So, you know, this is a tool that, you know, what we like to do here is, again, plan those out as best we can. If we can, you know, if we're not subject to that limitation now and we can prepay some tax, let's say state our our state estimates, uh, then then let's let's do that in 2021. If we're already over the $10,000 limit, definitely let's postpone that payment until 2022 when it's possible that we may have a higher limitation. So, you know, basically just the timing of those payments that you're going to have to pay anyway. Uh, let's, let's make the best that we can for your overall income tax situation. Right. Nope. Makes sense. What about tips around retirement plans and contributions? Right. We have, uh, we have a limit of on 401k accounts for 2021. Every individual that participates in a 401k has the opportunity to defer of their salary up to 19500 uh, if that person is 50 years or older in 2021, they can contribute another 6,500 on top of that uh, for a total of 26,000. Uh, what I would suggest is, you know, for everyone to kind of look at where you are as far as your contributions. If you have room to make it up to that 19,500 or the $26,000 limit, Definitely do that. You have to do that in 2021. It's not something that you can wait until 2022. So any paychecks uh, that you get in 2021, this is where that would have to take place. So that is a uh, a dollar for dollar deduction from adjusted gross income. And where I find is in tax planning, what we want to do, the old saying is, and it's very true, in order to save tax, a lot of times you have to spend money. So let's be smart in where we spend that money. Uh, First and foremost, let's invest in our business. If we are individuals that work, let's invest in ourselves. Retirement plans are great places for that uh, to basically reduce your tax liability now in these high rate tax years so that you can then take it out later on when, you know, if the plan goes as as planned, then uh, you'll, you'll be in a lower tax bracket at that time. Right. You know, that point is also controversial just because I feel like there are a lot of clients that are actually in a higher tax bracket in retirement. If they're small business owners, if they have large IRAs and 401ks. And so I feel like for some taxpayers, you really need to run the numbers and try to decide whether you're going to be in a higher or lower tax bracket in the future, which is hard, hard to predict. We don't have a crystal ball. 
But there are times where I feel like it may be smarter to forego the upfront tax deduction and maybe contribute to a Roth instead if you want that tax-free growth. And so I know that that's sometimes hard. It's like a balancing act. Do we take that tax deduction now and lower the taxes or do we do the tax-free investing? Um, But I feel like that is going to be very specific to each individual, but that's something that they need to kind of go through the process on. Would you agree with that? I I would fully agree with that because the the Roth IRA is a wonderful tool. And and, and I've I've always said in my retirement advising, be diverse, not only in your types of assets, but in your types of plans, have taxable income for retirement, have non-taxable income for retirement. And and so that Roth IRA, you know, it does have its limitations where just, you know, anyone may not be able to just make a Roth contribution. So when you have these 401k accounts that, that have a Roth feature to them, that makes perfect sense to, you know, do a combination or, or even put as much into that Roth 401k as you can. Right. I I like the concept of having different buckets, Uh, you know, your tax deferred money, your tax free and your taxable. And it all comes down to flexibility because, again, we don't have that crystal ball. And so if I'm in retirement, um, you know, maybe I am in a high tax year. And if I'm in a high tax year, then I want that Roth money pulled out. I want the tax free money. But if I hit a year where maybe they Congress changed laws and they lowered the taxes, then I would want to go ahead and pull some money out of my tax deferred account. That'd be a great year to pay taxes. So it really comes down to having options. Um, and like you said, have a little bit um, in different types of accounts. Correct. Okay. And then what about tax loss harvesting? You hear that word a lot, but can you explain to people what exactly that is? Loss harvesting is, is a, and these are going to be with basically plans that are not in a retirement account. Uh, these are going to be your, your after-tax investments where you've, you've invested in certain stocks, mutual funds, et cetera. And the IRS has a limitation on how much you can take as a capital loss against your ordinary income in a given year. And that limit is $3,000. Not a lot of play there. Uh, so what we do is, you know, those capital losses that you incur, they can offset completely uh, up to the, the amount of the loss. They can offset other capital gains as well. And then in, in addition, that $3,000 limit every year. So a perfect situation for this is when you have two separate stocks or investments and you have one stock that it has a, a quite a bit of unrealized gain. And you don't have a good out or, or not a positive outlook for the future of that stock. In other words, you're looking to sell it. But the reason you don't want to sell it is you've got all that capital gain tax that you're going to have to pay. So you look at your other investments and see if you have any other stocks where you have a loss. And if, you know, again, in the perfect situation, you have a loss in that one stock, you have a gain in that other stock. And let's say those, those, that gain and loss are, are basically the same. Let's, let's just use $6,000, $6,000 loss here, a $6,000 gain here. You sell both of those stocks at the same time, then you effectively don't have any taxable income on the sale of that stock that you're gaining on. Now, let's say you do like the stock that you had a loss in and you would like to stay in that investment. Uh, the IRS has a wash rule requirement that states you have to wait at least 30 days 
after you sell it at a loss to repurchase that stock. So you can get back into it, but you just have to wait for 30 days. Right. That just allows you to take some of your gains and not have to pay tax on them right now and, and basically get back into the stocks that you want to stay in. That, that's some really great advice for individual taxpayers. Um, but what if you are a business owner? Is there anything specifically for business owners that they need to be looking at right now? Business owners, we, we, we get into that. And, and again, what, kind of what I mentioned earlier, you know, is, is our tax advice stems from two different methods mainly is number one, we're going to spend money to invest in our business. And so the IRS has given us great tools as far as equipment purchases, things like that, where we can take advantage of of quite a bit of a deduction on on those items. If your business is in a situation where you're looking at taxable income for 2021, and let's say, you know, you've kind of weighed out, you've looked into that crystal ball that you mentioned earlier, and you see that 2022 is not going to be such a, a good year for your business. So, we want to do the best we can to reduce our higher tax rate income for 2021. So we want to invest in those equipment purchases, invest in those operating expenses. Maybe we, we look into 2022 and we see we, we have these plans for these expenses. Let's go ahead and accelerate them into December of 2021, if possible. And that way, we at least reduce our 2021 income where we are expecting to pay a higher tax rate than what we are in 2022. Now, you know, some of the uh, the other methods are if, if you have an opportunity to defer any 2021 income into 2022, let's say you, you know, you, you have some work that you've you've completed, but yet you haven't built it out to your customers yet, if, if possible, you know, hold off until 2022 to build that work for those customers and, and to receive those payments or do the work, you know, hold off on doing the work if, if possible. And, right. you know, that way we can kind of push, again, push some of that higher tax rate income into a year where we expect to pay a lower rate. And, um, you know, some of the, you know, we, we talked about retirement contributions, you know, uh, small business owners have a, basically a, a big toolbox of, of retirement investing that they can do for themselves. And of course, each one comes with its own benefits and its own costs. So you just kind of have to look at an individual situation for your business to see which one of those work better for you. But they're wonderful tools that we can take to set aside income for our future uh, and, and take a current tax deduction for it. Conversely, if you end up with lower income in 2021 than what you expect in 2022, then you know, we want to postpone those operating expenses. We Anything that we don't have to pay by December 31st, let's hold off until January to pay those expenses if, if we're cash basis, as well as from the income perspective, if there's anything, any income that we expect to get in 2022, if there's any way that we can push that forward and, and get that income in 2021. Again, what we're trying to do is just balance out that overall tax rate between those years and basically pay tax at higher rates with as little income as possible overall. 
Right. And, and this is why it's such a perfect time of year to do that is because mm-hmm. now we, we know really where the business is for the end of the year and closing out the right. books. And so it, it's pretty easy to take a look and, and, and figure out, you know, should we, you know, make these, you know, take these actions now or hold off till January, February of, of 2022. You know, Jeff, this is great advice, um, you know, for the individual taxpayer and for the small business owner. Um, thank you so much for sharing some of these strategies with us today. You're very welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. It's getting to know you time. Well, great conversation, guys. And that sound means it's time to get to know you both a little bit better on today's show. So each episode, we get to know Carrie a little bit better with some random off-the-wall questions. And uh, whenever we have guests, we like them to uh, spend a little bit of time with us answering these questions as well. So uh, let's tackle today's getting to know you question of the month. What is your favorite way to spend a day off? Carrie, you want to lead us off? What is my favorite way to spend a day off? Well, if it's just something that it's a day off and I'm, you know, at home, you know, I'm not obviously on vacation. Honestly, you know, with young kids in in the house, I just, I want some peace and quiet. Like I'm not asking for a lot. Like if I could just have a day to where I could go and drink a cup of coffee and sit in my car in the Target parking lot (laughs) and listen to music with just, you know, no chaos around me Um, and maybe go to a store or two and just not be in a hurry. You know, that that would be really relaxing for me. And I don't know if others could relate to that, but I feel like that would be kind of a nice day off. Carrie, I once had the police called on me for doing exactly what you just said. I was uh, I had nowhere to be, and I and I know you're an office fan, and 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 we're all office fans. Anyone who listens to the show, you know, it's kind of mandatory to be a listener. You have to be a fan of the office. And I was watching the office on my phone. I was drinking a cup of coffee, and I believe it was a Target. I was sitting in the parking lot of. And then like, I was just sitting there for so long because I was just enjoying myself watching, watching the office and people watching kind of at the same time and drinking my coffee. But I guess I was sitting there with my car running the whole time. And so uh, what the like target security guard came up to me and like knocked on the window and like wanted to make sure I wasn't like disturbed because someone had seen me just like sitting stewing in my car. <laughs> like you were stalking somebody. Like yes, you were going yes. to go snatch a, a child or something. I yeah, guess. I, see where that would I was be. like Maybe suspicious, but I've never had that happen. And I, and I, I, I do that quite a bit just when I'm by myself. So I was I like, lucky. I am about as jovial as a person can be right now. Just drinking my coffee, watching the office. I'm as innocent as humanly possible in this moment. I, I am not a threat. I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was quite humorous. Sorry. You just triggered a very, uh, a very funny memory for me there. Well, that's a nice day off. Nice and relaxing. I like that. Uh, how about you, Jeff? On, on my days off, uh, I have, uh, just recently fell into the trap of building a shop, wood shop behind my house. And so I grew up doing a lot of woodworking and, and, and going back into my shop and, and just turning the radio on or the television or whatever, and, and just seeing what I can create. Uh, that, that's, that's my, my perfect day off. Nice. This time. Uh, now next month, it may be something different. Right now, <laughs> what's, what's the neatest thing you've, uh, you've built recently? Well, recently, uh, I have uh, a need. And this was actually a, a request from my wife. Uh, she needed some Adirondack chairs. Whoa, okay. So I, I've, it, it's not that Adirondack chairs are that exciting, but uh, just the journey through that as far as 
finding local cedar, making friends with the folks who sold that cedar to me, you know, and, and going through the whole uh, process of, of that creation. It was, it was very enjoyable. And uh, uh, that's, that's probably the, the neatest thing I've made so far. You seem very humble because an Adirondack chair, I, you know, I was expecting like cutting board, like, uh, you know, that's like the entry. That's next on the list. Okay. All right. All right. Also like the very entry level project, like just, just make it somewhat flat and you've got a cutting board. No, you made a chair, Adirondack chairs at that. So that's pretty cool. Very, very. That's impressive. I would have made like a keychain, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something very small. I actually, uh, I, I, so I've barely gotten into woodworking, Jeff. Um, so mm-hmm. it's neat to hear you say that. And one of the classes that I went to initially, it was honestly what we weren't even building anything. It was just teaching us how to use different machines. So we actually just walked out of that class with just a nicely cut piece of wood. Like there wasn't anything like that fancy about it. It was just so nice and smooth and nice and straight from using it on the the various machines. I've still got it in like as a proud item up in my garage is like I made this flat piece of wood. <laughs> that's, that's that's very that's very interesting. My my woodworking class was you know, you, you see the meme floating around on, on social media now that says uh, you know, today's kids don't understand what it was like to hold the flashlight for your dad you know, or things like that. And, and, and so my, my, my woodworking class was basically my father saying, no, you did it wrong. Do it this way. And, yep. and so that was, that was an adventure as a child. You're, uh, you're going to cut your finger off if you do it like that. Don't do that. <laughs> you'll learn your lesson then if you do. So. You definitely will. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. That's fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll take a combination of both of yours. Relaxing and then, yeah, trying not to cut my finger off doing some woodworking. Sounds like a pretty nice, nice relaxing day. Uh, well, Carrie, as we get ready to wrap up today's episode, um, it's the holidays. We want to give folks the chance one more time to participate in the uh, great effort that you and the team um, are participating in, trying to raise money. Tell us a little bit more about the uh, our, our last month's interview was with the food bank. Tell us a bit more about the awesome efforts you guys are going to to try and raise money. Yes, we we had uh, Rebecca on from the food bank last month, um, and for our law firm, um, we have a special offer that we're extending um, into you know December. Um, so if you bring in canned food items, um, or ideally make a monetary donation to the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas, you will receive $100 off of a wheel-based plan or $250 off a trust-based plan or our total wealth financial plan. Um, and so um, we always want to encourage giving wherever that may be. Um, but if it's in your heart to do so, then definitely take advantage of that. Um, and then also come see us for estate and financial planning. Now, if somebody can't actually meet with you before the end of the year, that's okay, right? Just go ahead and make that donation, and then you guys will honor that if uh, they have to come in in January or you know, sometime in the beginning Absolutely. of 2022. Absolutely, okay. yes. I mean, we're pretty much, I mean, we have a very few uh, time slots left in December between the holidays um, and existing clients. And so most people would probably be coming and looking at coming in in January and February, but go ahead and make that donation. Um, bring us a receipt when you come in, and we'll be happy to honor that. Well, you know, Carrie does it all, financial, legal, and life planning. So whether it's one of those elements or all three that you're trying to integrate and uh, you're ready to take some steps forward with that, well, why not do two great things at once? Make a donation to the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas and receive a discount on those plans. So if you want to do that, you can get in touch with Carrie a couple of different ways. Call 870 275 
4304. That's 870-275-4304. Or go to QureshiLaw.com. And of course, we're going to link in the description of today's show or in the show notes section so it's easy for you to find all of that information. And thank you for doing that, Carrie. Also, while you're there on QureshiLaw.com, why not pick up a copy of Diffuse, Seven Steps Protecting Your 401k from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. If you're over the age of 55 and have $250,000 or more in a 401k, IRA or 403b type account, you could be on the path to paying significantly more in tax than you should be. And so pick up a free book that Carrie has assembled. Again, it's called Diffuse, and that's going to include a wealth of information on how you can minimize the impact of taxes on your retirement. So again, you can go to QureshiLaw.com to pick up the book and also to schedule your time to visit with Carrie and the team, or you can again give the team a call at 870-275- 4304 to pick up your copy of the book today. And as a special bonus, we are giving away a tax-free retirement DVD. Now, we only originally had 30 copies available. There's a few left. So if you want to be one of the first people, one of the first 30, uh, get your tax-free retirement DVD to go along with the book as well. Again, QureshiLaw.com or just check the show notes for the appropriate links and contact information. Well, Carrie and Jeff, thank you both for being on the show today and joining us and giving us some really great information about taxes and what to be on the lookout for here at the end of the year and as we turn the page to 2022. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. And we just want to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year. And we will see everybody in January. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.